Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It is Wednesday, and we have a packed show for you. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Undisputed. Thanks for being here with us. I'm Jen Hale, alongside Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. How do we sleep, guys? Everybody good? Good. Great, great, great. Uh, Allow me to say happy birthday to number one, my wife, Ernestine, and number two, that guy, Tom Brady. It don't matter. By the way, Ernestine and Tom are both 45 today, which is my gift to my wife, Ernestine. Happy birthday, Ernestine, and I will definitely. The only birthday that I know that happens on August 3rd. Really? Ernestine. You refuse to acknowledge the goat's <laughs> Acknowledge birthday. what? I've got a goat. I live with the goat, Ernestine. She's the goat of no. wives. We, let her have a day. Can we just celebrate Ernestine? Why we got to include somebody else? Huh. So she is upstaged. Yeah. The guy he, down in town. Ernestine is a standalone. Oh, she thank you. I'll she take don't that. Celebrate. <laughs> she don't celebrate her birthday Way with anyone. Go. Happy Ooh. birthday, Ernestine. <laughs> Skip's trying to get some brownie points there, Shannon. You're already messing them up, (laughs) trying to blow them out of the water. (laughs) Happy birthday, Ernestine. Hope you have a fabulous day. Yes. All right, gentlemen, let's jump in. We have a ton to get to this morning. Let's start with KD. When or if he gets traded from the Nets remains to be seen still. A recent report reveals KD is set to meet with Nets owner Joe Sy directly in person. Hmm, Shaq. Offering his comments on the superstar forward's ongoing situation in Brooklyn. Take a listen, everybody. When you put a house together, you should live in it. You know, you was the one who hired the the architect. You was the one who got the other architect from Philadelphia. So, you as a leadership make it work. But you don't want to make it work. I guess you go buy another house. So, I know he's going to probably try to get to a, a contender. It's easier that way. Shaq dropping his opinion. Shannon, do you agree or disagree? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, well, damn. Ben Shaq must be on the same Twitter account. He must be getting his info from Twitter. Oh, he's reading every word. <laughs> you write and listen to every word you say and parroting everything that you believe. You, you know I absolutely 100% agree with what Shaq said because that's what it is. Skip, it's, it's, it's harder than people think. They think you just put a collection of talent together. And everything just works out. But you got to manage egos. You got to man- everybody has to be on the same page. I take my hat off to what they got going in Golden State. They understand Steph is Steph Curry, and then everything else flows after that. They get they heap effusive praise on Steph. There is no hidden agenda. There is no, I need to get my shine. I'm just as good as Steph. I'm yada yada yada. 
Everybody has the same agenda. Let's win championships. We understand that we're going to get it's go, it's Steph Curry, and then we follow after that. Kevin Durant found it very, very easy when he was in Golden State. I can just hoop. I can just work on my craft. I'm going to let all those guys handle the leadership. I'm going to just do my part. Now, you said, you know what? I want to go build. Because, you know, I went to these, these uh, places that was already manufactured, that was already fabricated, already up. I got to build my own. Come on, Kyrie, let's go. Hey, Steve Nash, let's do this. And lo and behold, huh, the man got four years. He's been three years in Brooklyn, two on the court the first year he rehab. He won one playoff series. Okay, he's like, well, damn. And like you said, Skip, he's not getting any younger. So if you're not getting any younger, it's more difficult than you thought. What's the first thing you do? Close that shop up. Let me go somewhere that's already have an established business and let me join. Well, I'm doing my part. You know, I, I, yeah, you do. You winning your part. But this was your opportunity in Brooklyn to show that, you know what, you can build something from the floor up. That's a standalone. And you lo and behold, what do you try to do? Mm. Uh, here's my short list. Phoenix uh, and Miami. Mm. Wow. What a, what a go out there on a limb, KD, and try to make this thing and try to show that you are a leader, that you can build something. Mm. Your talent is undeniable. We would never, ever question just how great you are, KD. But boy, this is an all time weak sauce move. Mm. And everybody know it. I wish you could just poll the Jordans and, 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 and the Magics and the Larrys and all those historically great players and see what they think about KD on this one. You can say what you want to about LeBron James, but he ain't never tried to go. Uh, he's, first of all, He's never requested a trade. He's never demanded a trade. He's fulfilled his obligation, and he left him something when he was there. You know what I'm saying, Skip Bayless? And very few people, it's kind of like when the Olympics come to town, they leave all these fancy buildings and all these, you know, building up the community. Super Bowl, mm. notorious for that. They come in and they build up the community right quick, and then they leave. That's LeBron. Oh, wait. LeBron left D-Wade high and dry and man. He left him with two titles. Uh, he left him with two titles. What did Kevin Durant live in Brooklyn? What the elephant left on the show ground? <laughs> yeah, you know what that is. What, what did he Chilton leave? left him with three titles. No, 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 that's no, no, a whole nother, whoa, 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 discussion. Whoa, whoa. When is Kevin Durant going to leave someplace that doesn't already have a title, It wasn't already established when he got there? So I 1,000% agree with Shaquille O'Neal mm. is that Kevin Durant, you built this. This was your opportunity. You wanted to show that you were more than Golden State and that you could win without him. Now, all I know is they got one without you. Uh-huh. And you trying to get somewhere where you can get you an easy one. Mm. Go team with Book and CP3 yep. or Bam and Jimmy Butler. No, 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 no. Mm. Stay right there where you're at. Make that work. Huh. I, I, I need you to get finished so that you don't interrupt. <laughs> I, ain't interrupt. I, I, I ain't gonna interrupt. I ain't gonna interrupt. I ain't gonna interrupt. Have you said your piece? I've been said my okay. piece. You, you have said it many times <laughs> and you just restated your beliefs. Yes. Your Durant hating beliefs because <laughs> it's all about protecting. LeBron James. How am I protecting LeBron? this is the best player on the planet, and you can't stand it. So you've got to find ways mm. to pick at the best what, player. Well, he the best player. Won't he stay in Brooklyn and prove okay. it? All right. My turn. Go ahead. I love me some Shaquille O'Neal, but I do not love this take. This, this take is wrong because it's so wrong-headed. It's simplistic. It's a little uninformed. It's a little shoot from the lip. It's a little bit of don't let the facts get in the way of a very hot take. So let's pick this back apart. Okay. When you put a house together, well, let's start from the start. I don't believe Kevin put this house together at all. And I think you agreed with me. 
Kevin is more of a follower than a leader. And for reasons beyond me, he made one huge mistake in his career. He followed the wrong quote unquote leader. Okay. Because Kyrie was the dominant personality and force in that besties relationship of theirs. And we saw at the All-Star game as they were standing up the tunnel, remember Kyrie's up in Kevin's face, two, we got two max contracts. And he was talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. So I think Kevin was intrigued about playing for the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, the mecca of basketball in New York City, as opposed to the borough of Brooklyn. But at the last second, Kevin said, okay, if you really want to go play for the Nets because you grew up loving the Nets, I will follow you, Kyrie, to the Nets. And at the opening press conference, what did Kevin say? He said, I I don't know. I just came here because Kyrie wanted to come here. He was very honest, like painfully honest about it. He didn't have any real connection to the Brooklyn Nets. He did it because Kyrie wanted to do it. Okay. Okay. So I think we can dismiss you put this house together because he did not. So then we go on to you. You were one of the architects and the other architect from Philadelphia. I don't really get that. I guess he's talking about Ben Simmons, but I'm not sure. Well, I think I think he meant James Harden, who's oh, not okay, in Philadelphia. Okay. Well, maybe. Okay. Whichever way. Okay, so James Harden obviously came later to the party. Yes. And that was James's choice to join them. And I'm sure Kevin signed off on it because who wouldn't? Because at that point, James looked like one of the we agreed he's probably the greatest perimeter player, perimeter scorer we'd ever seen in the history of the league. Okay. Okay. so you should stay as so you as a leader, said Shaq, should stay and make it work. Well, whoever said Kevin was the leader of this team, I didn't make that case. He's just the best player in the league, but that doesn't mean you have to be the greatest leader in the league. Mm -hmm. I do think LeBron is a very good leader. He's had his moments when he was Great leader. I'll give him very good. We look back at 2018 in that game one at Oracle. I, I don't know. Was that leadership when you quit on your team in overtime? Was it leadership two years ago when he walked up the tunnel after at the end of game five, six minutes left of game five at Phoenix, and he just walks out on his team? Is that great leadership? I'll give you very good. I can't give you great. Go ahead. No, you, told me to, you told me not to interrupt. I'm going to let you have okay, your say. Well, your you, can, you can jump in on that one if you want to defend yourself because I don't think you can defend yourself. I think LeBron James is a great leader. He's okay. had bad moments, has all great leaders have had. Okay. Now, let's go back to Oklahoma City. I think you got proven right in your face this year just what a detriment Russell Westbrook can be to trying to win championships. And Kevin was stuck with him for eight long years in Oklahoma City. And I think it was yesterday you said right here sitting in that chair that, man, you you can't believe how long Kevin lasted with him. That he had to swallow Russell Westbrook for a long, long time because he likes Russ off the court and always considered Russ his little bro. Okay, he he was. And I think they still have a connection to them. I know the bridge almost got burned to the ground, but the point was he tried and he tried and he tried. And yes, they had a three to one lead and they blew it. And it was somewhat Kevin's fault. and It was a whole lot of fault of the primary decision maker. And I told you a source very close to Kevin told me he finally came to grips with the fact 
that he would never win a championship in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook as his primary decision maker. Russ brought the ball up the court every single yeah. time, and it was Russ's choice. Your turn or my turn? I think it's my turn. And it drove Kevin crazy. Skip, I don't believe okay. not one person has a problem with Kevin Durant leaving Russell Westbrook. Okay. All the right. problem- I think they did at the moment, but they, they don't now because they've seen the light because the light was the spotlight was on Russ last year and he got exposed. I just think the biggest problem they had with him going to a 73 and 19. Carry okay. On. All right. But let's talk about that. Let's think through that. You were the first to tell me Draymond fled into the parking lot after game seven at Oracle in 2015. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2016. Mm-hmm. They won in 2015. 2016. Fled into the parking lot, crying tears, calling Kevin Durant on his cell phone. You gotta come save us. Right. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the whole contingent, led by Steph Curry, flies across the country out to not quite the tip of Long Island, but all the way out on Long Island on July the 3rd to get down on bended knee and recruit Kevin, to beg Kevin Durant to please come save us. What had just happened? We had seen Steph melt down almost as bad as LeBron melted down in the 2011 finals against Dallas. In games four, I'm sorry, five, six, and seven, Steph Curry disappeared. He, he came up even smaller than he is. You can just check the facts. Go look at the stats of those three games. It was all about what Steph didn't do, and it opened the door for LeBron and Kyrie and company to run right through it, and they did. They even took over game seven thanks to Steph in the fourth quarter going one of six and one of five from three, and he was, he was horrendous. He was the reason that LeBron got that ring. He gifted a ring to LeBron James. He was so bad that they knew they were going to have to face LeBron coming through the East, the cakewalk that it was in those days, maybe a couple of more times. And that's what happened. But if you go get that nuclear weapon, the best player on the planet, all of a sudden the playing field tilts back in your favor. Mm -hmm. There's no way Steph was going to beat LeBron in 2017 and 2018 without Kevin Durant. So Kevin does two things. He goes and saves Steph's legacy by winning two championships for Golden State and wrecking two championships and wrecking LeBron's resume by beating him twice head-to-head and being the finals MVP and back-to-back finals. It becomes very difficult for you to save someone from drowning if you can't swim yourself. So in other words, you're trying to tell me that Steph, that Kevin Durant saved Steph Curry, who had swum himself to a title, while all the while Kevin Durant, who cannot swim, did not have a title. He was drowning. No. He I, was drowning. I think Iguodala swam out about oh 100 goodness, yards offshore. And, not Iguodala. And Steph was going under. Really, Skip? Oh, really, Skip? And Iguodala said, I got you. Really, Skip? I got you, little man. Really, Skip? And I'll put my arm around you, and I will dog paddle you all the way way back in really skill who was the mvp iguodala was Ig- the MVP. Skip, i'm not saying that saved Igu- him turned the series around in a oh, pivotal God. game four in lebron's house when lebron by the way had a two games to one lead in his house think about what you just said you criticized lebron for blowing a 2-1 lead yet you blame russ for kevin durant blowing a 3-1 lead look just two years ago kevin durant had a 2-0 lead on milwaukee and all you talk about it was one on five he didn't have any help you it's, talked about hold on, it. that about. was your I was quoting you. It's it, one on five. It it's seem, KD or bust. It seems like every time Kevin Durant comes up small, 
You find a way to put it off on somebody else. Mm. You blame Kyrie. You blame James Harden. You blame Russell Westbrook. At what point in time does Kevin Durant get blamed for Kevin Durant coming up small? When did that? When, when is that going to ever happen? Against Milwaukee, you blame you. He had the toe on the line. You blame with Kyrie's injury, James Harden. This you, uh, uh, but LeBron. LeBron was playing without Kevin Love and Kyrie. Not one time did you say anything. I, I said that. I told you the first three games of the 2015 Finals, three greatest games certainly in a row that LeBron ever played. It wasn't even called. Th- those were masterpieces. Well, those were virtuoso. But I'm just Skip. All I'm saying is this. Okay, you want see this is what you do. Is what you do is that you obfuscate the responsibility that Kevin Durant has. So therefore, when things go wrong, see if I'm not the leader, you can't blame me when things go wrong. But when things go re- well, the quick, the first thing you quickly say, he's the best player. Kevin Durant led this team. Well, how are you gonna lead the team if you're not the leader? But you quick to say he led Golden State when he wasn't the leader. But now he's the de facto leader in Brooklyn. You blame Kyrie. Well, Kyrie wouldn't get this done. James Harden showed up out of shape. Mm. Again, at what point in time does Kevin Durant bear some responsibility? Huh. I give you points for using obfuscate. <laughs> I dock you points for the point that you tried to just make. What? Because you're missing the point that Kevin Durant took the ultimate challenge on, and you give him no credit for that. He said, okay, I'll take the challenge of being the difference maker. The whole NBA world was waiting for Kevin to fall on his face from seven feet tall right down on his face. We went to the finals. It was our, wasn't it our first or second year? This was a 2017 finals. We were there. Yes, yes, yes. And what did he do? He took over the finals. It shocked me. It's when he won me completely over because I think the pressure was extraordinary on his slender little shoulders because everybody was looking for him to be the savior of the Golden State Warriors, and he was. He saved them. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe at this current moment you could be CEO, a shell of Exxon? Absolutely. It's easy. They're already doing 12, 13, 14 billion in profit because of the sky high gas prices. How hard was it going to be for Kevin Durant, who you said was the best player, to go to Golden State, who had just won 73 games the year before? He had just blown a three games to one lead but over LeBron. Skip, think about what That's you said. No, it's not. It, it, it's, it's a failing company. No, it failed. Skip. It collapsed. Think about what it you went ju- bust. No, think about what you just said. Just because they didn't win the finals doesn't mean they're a failure. They didn't have the ultimate success, but they did win 73 games the it, year it, before. It, it mattered nothing. It, 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 you know it, and I know it. All that mattered were games five, six, and seven. That's what I said in the Western Conference Finals. The only games that mattered was game five, six, and seven. Go look at Kevin Durant's stats. Stuck with see, Russ. You see, again. LeBron was stuck with Russ and went 33 and 49 Skip, last year. Think about what you just said. You see what happened? I'm thinking when, hard about okay, it. I Ke- love what I Kevin just Durant said. Kevin Durant just came up small. Game five, six, and seven, you blame Russ. No, I think Russ came up way smaller than Kevin did in those three games. Who's the best player? Who's the best player? Now, see, when LeBron comes up small, you don't say well, such as somebody else came up small. D-Wade came up small, or Chris Bosh came up small, or Kevin Love. You put it all on LeBron. But the moment Kevin Durant does not succeed, it's Russ's fault. It's Kyrie's fault. It's James Harden's fault. Steve Nash doesn't know how to coach. It's always someone else's fault except his. When will you give him some blame? for what transpires in the place that he's located. 
Who was the primary decision maker in games <laughs> four, five, and six, five, six, and seven for the Oklahoma City Thunder versus Golden the State? The same guy that was the primary decision maker in game one, two, three, and four. Okay. And he has his moments, and then he doesn't. And you know and I know it's virtually impossible to win big with Russell Westbrook as your point guard. It's impossible to win big with Kevin Durant unless you got a ready-made championship team. He's proven that. Mm. He's proven that. He had three years to prove that he could do something in Brooklyn, get to an NBA Finals. If what they did were he so great, the 73-1 Warriors, why did the whole contingent fly across country to recruit Kevin Durant? Why did Draymond flee into the parking lot crying into his cell phone, please come save us? Why? Yeah. Because they knew he was the, the only savior out there. Skip, let me ask you a question. When, when spam, when solicitors call you, if you don't want to, if you don't want them to talk, if you don't, you don't want to talk to them, you just hang the phone up. Kevin Durant t- accepted a call and then he accepted an invitation. He invited them to come visit him he in Sag Harbor. So in other words, what he's telling you, I want to hear what you guys got to say because I might be interested in, in what you're selling. Mm. So in other words, if he didn't want to go join Golden State, he could have said, nah, he could have did what DeMar DeRozan did to uh, 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 Draymond. Mm. When Draymond said, hey, DeMar, hey, D- Debo, you mm. need to come join us in Golden State. He said, hell no, nah, I'm not coming to Golden State. Kevin Durant could have did that, but Kevin Durant wanted that easy way. Nah, he easy way to be viewed as the savior of the Warriors? Are you kidding? Oh, Skip, think about what you just said. He is the savior of the Warriors, a team that won 67 games one year, 73 games the next year. Kevin Durant is coming to save him. That all-time collapse? Yes, he was. He, can, he accepted their challenge. Hi, he, hi, why, okay, he can save everyone else. Why can't he save his damn self? Well, he did. He played one of the great playoff series ever by himself against the soon-to-be champion Milwaukee Bucks two years ago with masterpieces, virtuosos in games five and seven of 49 and 48 points and hit one of the great playoff shots in the history of the playoffs. And yet he had a little toenail on the line or we'd be having a real big different conversation right now because Kevin would have won a ring in Brooklyn. Think about what you just said. You give Kevin Durant credit, even though they lost, for playing a great series. How many great series have LeBron played and you criticize him saying he doesn't have the clutch gene, he's not the closer, yet you give him praise for losing a series? Was that not clutch gene closing? No. Skip, in order to close, you have to win the game. You can't put on a flurry at the end. Oh, they scored 35 points, but they ended up losing 38-37. You've done nothing. Did he make a clutch shot that was very nearly a three-point clutch shot? No, yes. Skip, Skip. It only matters if you win. Okay, and then we fast forward to right now. The reason he's in the predicament he's in right now is because he followed the wrong guy to Brooklyn. And the reason he demanded a trade, and I think yesterday even you, you, you gave in to this concept, Kyrie betrayed him. He betrayed the whole team. He went south on them. Kevin was stunned by that, and Kevin wants no more of Kyrie Irving. It's over and out. Get me out of here. So it's not so much about leaving Brooklyn and the house that he built because he didn't build it. He was part of it. He was a cornerstone in the house. But the the landlord of the house is Kyrie Irving, and he abdicated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so who's the landlord in Golden State? Well, it was Kevin. Not so hold on. So he, now Kevin Durant done that. Think about this. Now Kevin Durant, he is not the landlord in Brooklyn. 
with, Ke- with, with Kyrie, but with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, he's the landlord. Okay, what did you tell me? I'll use your analogy. The Maserati pulled up, and, and Steph got out and sat in the driver's seat and said, I'll ride shotgun. You drive. Yes. Okay, so who was driving in Golden State for those two years? It was Kevin. And by the way, uh, even you admitted they probably would have won a ring in 2019 if Kevin hadn't blown his Achilles All out. I, this is what we know. This is fact. This is not conjecture. This is not innuendo or speculation. Mm. Steph Curry went and got a championship without KD. KD, at some point in time in his career, to say he is that guy, he going to have to do something without Steph Curry. Without the light-skinned kid, the mm. little small one, the one that he's damn near a foot taller than, yeah. he's going to have to do something without him. The one whose then. legacy he saved TBA. in back-to-back years. <laughs> yeah. You just can't get over the fact that Kevin Durant wrecked LeBron's legacy. Yeah. LeBron could be six and four. But he could Le- say, I got six rings too, just like MJ. LeBron did. He's Le- four and LeBron- six thanks to Kevin bleeping Durant. Hold up. So what's Kevin Durant's record? Didn't, didn't LeBron beat Kevin Durant in the finals? Well, with with, with even the Mac team. Yeah, now he was a baby. You see what you did? You see what he did? Now he a baby. Yeah, but LeBron spanked him. And he was stuck with Russ. Le- Le- LeBron yeah. spanked him. Yeah. LeBron spanked him. Remember when Magic said Russ just played the worst half of basketball in the finals I've ever seen? Yeah. That was the 2012 Thunder. Sometimes you got to throw the baby Thunder. You see what LeBron did? I Sometimes I you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. in your argument and Shaq's Oh, argument. no, 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 no. Yeah. No, you didn't. Uh-huh. All they did, Skip. You, everybody said, let me ask you a question. I guarantee you, if you go put every NBA player, on true firm. Mm. I guarantee you they say Kevin Durant doing the ultimate weak sauce move. Really? Yeah, you know what they think mm. about it. He's become the easiest target, the wrongest target in sports. All I know Kevin is that he keep, he keep trying to link up with the best teams in the NBA. Mm. That's all we know. Huh, kind of like LeBron has. Oh, he went to the Lakers? Uh, so how was the Lakers? Mm. How was the Lakers before LeBron got there? Well, that's when Clutch said, we got to go get Anthony Davis, right? Hey. And then LeBron said, Get me Russell Westbrook. Uh, that hey, was a bad idea. All I know is Rich Kleiman and Kevin Durant said, go get me James Harden. And they got him. They did not. And that, they that, they did saw not. then. That's wrong again. Wrong again. Now, you see? If, yeah. if any time Don't Kevin, let the facts get in the way of your cold take. Uh, hey, it is what it is. Skip. I'm coming. All take. right, gentlemen. Yeah. Separate corners, separate corners. Y'all are off to a blazing (laughs) start this morning. You know, this KD watch has been going on for more than a month now. He requested that trade Thursday, June 30th. So we'll see if this meeting this week with Joe Sy is to smooth things over or continue to light a fire to make this trade happen. All right, moving on, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Skip's Cowboys this morning. How much of a security blanket do you think CeeDee Lamb will be for Dak Prescott next Mm. season? Plus, Skip and Shannon react to the latest punishment news coming out of Miami. All that and more coming up next on Undisputed. No mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back. To make it all happen, my happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me, that's right, VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. 
and while scoring deals up to five times faster. It's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life, from gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash undisputedpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash undisputedpod. Your mental health journey begins here. Yesterday, the NFL revealed that, yes, it does have findings that the Dolphins violated the league's anti-tampering policy. The league also handed down a punishment, stripping the Dolphins of their 2023 first-round pick, as well as fining the team for over a million dollars. Shannon, what is your reaction to this news and the league's findings against the Dolphins? Well, I think uh, I think it got off easy because this, skip, this was not an isolated incident. It was a, He was a repeat offender. In 2019, and then he followed it up again once Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay and then the following off in the offseason after last year. So what he is is a repeat offender. And he got off very, very lightly. I love how the NFL did this, Skip. They believe that he had uh, uh, impersonal contact or someone had Im- improper contact with a Tom Brady. They believed he had improper contact with a Sean Payton. But he was joking when he said what he said to Brian Flores. You see what they did, Skip? So... Oh, man, he was just joking, not just chung and cheat. And he said basically what they're saying is that, but you won the game. So if a coach comes to a player, he says, hey, bro, I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to, you know, hey, don't worry about trying to complete this pass or trying to make this play. But the player goes out and does everything he possibly can to win. That doesn't change the fact that the coach asked him to do something that was that goes against the very integrity of the National Football League. The NFL keeps telling me about integrity, integrity, integrity. I'm confused because at some point in time, Skip, I just want to really know. And maybe maybe uh, uh, Judge Sue Robinson was correct. I need to know what can an owner do that Roger Goodell would recommend to the other 31 owners 
this man lose the franchise. And he, by the way, Sue L., she, she did chastise them yes. in her written statement about I, I, did, I just need to know, because it doesn't seem that the owner can do anything. Yeah. But they're quick to get a player. Skip, the man, so he got suspended basically for like a little over two months. He yep. can't come back to the facility until October 17th. Hell, he probably don't spend, he spend very little time at the facility anyway. Yep. The man worth $8.2 billion. <laughs> you find him one you finding $1.2 million. Okay, we that, took a, That's embarrassing. It is, Skip. Yeah. And we took a first-round draft pick. He got two. He's got two. So, uh, if I, you took a third, but it's in two years. Go yes. Ahead. Yep. So, look, the NFL, I'll be broad. This, this, y'all need to stop with this. And, and Kamish said it's unprecedented that someone in, in that high up would do something. I'm paraphrasing. It's unprecedented. Yeah. Yet you didn't give him an unprecedented suspension. There have been a lot of teams that's lost first-round picks. But until Roger Goodell do what David Stern did to the Minnesota Timberwolves when they had that back alley deal with Joe Smith Mm -hmm. and it wrecked them for the foreseeable future, they got a period now where they can say you can illegal tamper. I don't know what illegal tamper is. Doesn't that seem oxymoronic? Because, hold up. Tampering is supposed to be Ill, it's supposed to be illegal, but you say we got a window in which we can legally tamper. Yep. Skip the tampering, they do that all the time. They got a coach. He we gonna fire him at the end of the season. We start reaching out to other coaches' representatives. So look, they, we, they doing that. The problem that I have is the the money for the draft positions. The NFL know he said it, but y'all want to make it seem like he said it tongue-in-cheek. There yep. is no tongue-in-cheek when it comes to say we need to improve our draft position. Yep. Come on, NFL. Y'all know better than this. Skip, absolutely. He, Stephen Ross, got off easy. Even if they're tampering, Skip, look, I said, they, like I said, they got legal tampering now. They tampering all the time. The owners and, and general managers, they talking to coaches and this and that behind the scene. I, I can live with that. But when you start talking about we might need, you know, for draft position, yeah. that goes at the very integrity of the National Football League. I would like to underscore the fact that the words you just heard spoken from across the table came from the mouth of a pro football Hall of Famer named Shannon Sharp. Those are powerful words to be taken to banks. Yes. Okay, my turn. Every once in a while, my wife Ernestine, happy birthday, Ernestine, go, uh, we, we go to Las Vegas and we go to various magic shows. We go to <laughs> Penn and Teller and others. You've been to several, yeah. I know. And it's all about sleight of hand, mm-hmm. and it's sleight, S-L-E-I-G-H-T, <laughs> sleight of hand. It's all about distracting the audience. The left hand is doing this while the right hand is making, quote, unquote, magic. magic. It's not really magic. <laughs> right. Okay. I feel like a shell game was being played on us here. A magic act was being pulled off right before your very eyes in which we were to be distracted by one thing that was unprecedented. <laughs> Mr. Goodell says the investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity, said our commissioner, Roger Goodell. Oh, my God. That's the distraction. Meanwhile, over here, uh, he didn't really mean what he said. Yeah, exactly. He said it, it in jest. It, it was in jest. It was, just, <laughs> it was in jest? Uh, Brian Flores did not think it was in jest. He, 
he testifies. Right. It's in his lawsuit against the league that he was offered $100,000 per game to throw games to improve their draft right. position. Is it plausible? Is it credible? I find Brian Flores very plausible and very credible. It's going to be documented. Yeah. He took it to, a, to an exec in, in the Miami and said, this, something's wrong. This is not right. So he documented it. So, and, and, and uh, Stephen Ross said, you know, he put this behind him and it's def- uh, defamatory. Mm-hmm. Okay, sue, sue him. I would, you, you, if somebody in your position, you defamed a guy of that magnitude, yep. you get sued. Sue Brian Flores. Take it to court. Yeah. So our friend Jared Bell, the national NFL columnist for USA Today, mm-hmm. long time, highly respected. No, Jared, very well. He wrote today that it's like the NFL, quote unquote, tanked on Brian Flores' charge. That's mm-hmm. what they did. They tanked. Mm-hmm. They undermined the credibility and integrity of their investigation by saying, it's in jest. Right. It's just in jest. No, it's not in jest. As, as Jared wrote, say what? That's what I'm saying. Say what? And back to Sue L. Robinson's conclusion that she drew, and she took the owners to task for why is no owner ever punished as severely for his misbehavior as players are? Well, it's, it's good to be king. That's what it is. Of course. It is. It, yes. It, it's why they call them owners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They have to be sort of above their own law. And yet, I'm with you about tampering. I, I can live with tampering. I, I can't live with tanking. No. That's, it's as simple as that. No. But the reason I can live with tampering is I've been doing this for a long time. Everybody tampers. Yeah. It, it's all wink, wink, nod, nod. From coaches, hey, man, I'm about to get this hey, job. Are hey, you interested in coming with? Come on. It, it's just it, it's just the way of life in right. the NFL because it's the way of life in the NBA and it's the way of life right. in MLB and keep on, keep on. It's skip, Everybody I would, tampers. I don't got a problem with ta- tanking. Now, just tell me, hey, Shannon, just show up on Sunday. I don't know what's going on. I ain't studying no plays. But don't you have me out there working. I'm coming in at 845. I'm leaving at 530. I'm practicing. I'm meeting. Busting my ass. And then you you got a back alley deal with the owner upstairs. And you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Now, if you tell me, Shannon, just show up on Sunday and play, your boy all in there for that. But you're not going to have me out here working, work, no. working my tail off. And then you do pulling that bull job. Mm. Skip, first of all, what owner's going to say that in jest? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, come on. Let, let's be real. I'm just what? kidding. What? It's a figure of speech. Some no, things no, you, it's not. When it comes to sport, there are some things you just don't joke about. And for the uh, for an owner to joke about, you, uh, no, that's what the NFL said. He said it in jest. Yeah. Or then, then we don't know what ex, what exact actually said it and, and what yeah. was the meaning. You know what was the <laughs> meaning behind it. As Jared Bell said, uh, try saying something in jest to the TSA officials as you yeah. go through the security line about having a bomb in your suitcase or whatever. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Go, go see what happens, right? But they go snatch, they go snatch you up out of there so quick, okay. that line okay. so quick. I, I got it. I got it. So everybody tampers in this business. It happens all yeah. we're under contract, but we have friends at other networks and they call and they say, Hey, when your deal's up, would you be in? Okay, that's tampering. Yeah, how much, how much, how much longer you got on your deal? Yeah. You, you, you might be yeah. interested. No, nah, I'm good. Over here. Now get off my phone. You're wasting my minutes. Okay. So did Stephen Ross, who's University of Michigan graduate, is he close to Tom? Sure he is. Yeah. Did he want? Sure he did. Well, who wouldn't yeah. want Tom Brady to play and be part owner or whatever all the 
that, yeah. that was the guys, you know, okay. we, we had a little ownership stake. Okay. All right. So I, I'm embarrassed for the punishment because it's just not enough. And they tried to lump it together. But it, it, in the end, I, I believe the tampering punishment was actually intended, wink, wink, to, to be the tanking, tanking punishment. punishment. So they finally said, well, in the big picture, let's just sort of, let's dock them a first-round pick. And the first-round pick, it's, it's a pretty big deal. It would have been a bigger deal if you'd but only they, had one. They, they got two, and he right. knew. They, they it's kind of like Spygate. Skip, remember, they took a first-round pick did. for the Patriots, but the Patriots had three that year. They did. So, so you're like, so what have you actually done? No. If, Skip, if I steal a billion dollars and you say, you know what, Shannon, I'm going to find you $500 million. I still got $500 million. You haven't punished me. No. You haven't punished the Dolphins. They still got a first-round pick. And then he goes have to go away for like six weeks, seven weeks. Hell, he probably only comes to the facility probably two times a year anyway. And then I'm with Jared Bell also about this. <laughs> he wrote <clears throat> that Stephen Ross had the gall to crow about being exonerated. You weren't right? exonerated. No. Okay. All right. Because he did crow about it. Yeah. <laughs> As I've said all along, the allegations were false, malicious, and defamatory. And the issue is now put to rest with regard to tanking, said Stephen Ross. Okay. Well, no, that's not what they said. They said they believe you said it in jest. In jest. No, they didn't say right. you didn't. They, Skip, that's different. Now, that's the difference between saying, oh, he said that in jest. He didn't mean it. Yep. Tongue in cheek. As opposed, he never said that. That's not what they said, Stephen Ross. Mm. I don't... <laughs> And by the way, Brian Flores' statement read, I am thankful that the NFL's investigator found my factual allegations against Stephen Ross are true. Well, because they're saying, yeah, he said that. He said it. But he was kidding. Right. What? No, no. He, no, he wasn't. Kidding. No, okay. he wasn't. All right. And so, the NFL is basically saying, well, but you won the games. It doesn't work like that, NFL. You can't say, well, so because somebody didn't do something, did he broach that? Because that's the integrity of the game that you keep. They can skip the shield. Remember the shield. Above all, the shield. We got to protect the shield. Yeah. Unprecedented integrity. Mm -hmm. And then these owners get to do whatever they want. Well, we give you, you know, hey, you worth $7 billion, $8 billion. We'll find you a million dollars and they'll turn the head. Now, they, they got one of the commander's uh, owners in, 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 in congressional hearings. Now, he's doing his interview from a yacht. Well, no, he, he didn't recommend no year-long suspension. Ain't recommend nothing. Mm. Well, we find you $10 million. $10 million for a man that's worth $3.5 billion? Yeah. Man, they didn't stop with this. Like I said, I just need to know. I, I agree with you, uh, Judge Robinson. They need to put something, spell it out. Whatever, this, this is what, well, this is what this means. This is the punishment for this. This is the punishment for that. Because it seems the owners can do whatever. And then all they do is get a fine. Well, we'll find you a million dollars. Do you understand the average franchise is worth $4.1 billion? So if you find an owner a million dollars, Skip, what the hell have you done? Mm -hmm. That's a speeding ticket for the average person. Yep. So for me, the integrity here that is not in question at all belongs to right. Brian Flores. Absolutely. Thank you. Everything that he said was confirmed, and the NFL punted. They said, nah, 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 bro. I mean, we can't do this to one of our own. Hey, we're going to, hey, a little slap on the wrist. Hey, we talk about the unprecedented tampering. Mm. Probably have a little conversation. Hey, you got to be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. Yep. Life goes on. Gentlemen, I covered the Dolphins several times towards the end of last season, and the tension on that sideline was palpable. Ooh. That's for sure. Hopefully mm -hmm. this is a chapter that the team can move on from. All right, let's us move on now to Skip's Cowboys. Dak Prescott may need CeeDee Lamb. 
more than ever, especially after losing James Washington to an injury. Jerry Jones revealed his vision for the duo with some recent comments. Jerry said, quote, Dak Prescott sees the best guy as well as anybody in the NFL. He'll throw it to the best guy to throw it to. Lamb has the ability to not be the best guy, but the guy you ought to throw it to as far as who's open. Shannon, break this down. Do you like this idea from Jerry? No. First of the ball leads to turnovers, and it leads, leads to a group of other receivers that's working their ass off and open, and you forcing the ball to the C.D. Lamb. Skip, we saw this on the last play of Green Bay. He forced the ball to Devontae, and he had Lazard on the crossing route wide-ass open. I'm sure he would love to have that, but he forced it. And, and that's what happens a lot of times. You get – but hold on, wait a minute. We forced the ball to C.D. It ain't like C.D. had 150 catches last year. He had a situation where he had Amari Cooper to lift a lot of the pressure up off him. Damn, when did C.D. turn into Jerry Rice? When did C.D. turn into a top-five receiver? He hadn't earned the, he hadn't earned the right – to have the ball forced to him yet. I'm not saying, Skip, I haven't seen situations or I haven't been in situations where the quarterback is forcing the ball. But that's a a privilege and a right you've got to earn. See, they haven't earned that yet. Mm. The last thing Dak need to do is start forcing the the football. I get it. You're you're, you're compromised. You traded Amari. You got a third-round pick in Tolbert. James Washington goes down. You basically got Noah Brown. uh, uh, And you got C.D. But, hey, give those guys an opportunity. To, damn, don't start forcing the ball off the muscle, Skip. At least give me an opportunity to run my route and show you that I can make plays. And if and when I can't show you, now you're like, hey, CD, it's you a bust. And that's when the coaches say, hey, throw it to CD or throw it out of bounds. But come on, man. We, go, we haven't even got to a preseason game yet. They talk about forcing the ball to CD. So what the hell am I doing out here busting my button and just – well, you're dead in Oxnard. I'm dead in Oxnard right now. But when we go back to Dallas, in that heat, and I'm practicing my butt off to know – you're not going to get the ball. They're going to force it to CD. I nah, don't do that. Give these guys an opportunity to show what they can't or what they can't do. Know that you got a reliable receiver or you hope, Amari, uh, uh, that CD is ready to take that next step, Skip. Mm. But don't go into the game. Don't go into the season thinking, hey, is CD a bust? Mm. Man. You sound like a guy who is – afraid that CeeDee Lamb is going to explode into a top five receiver this year. No, 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 Skip. Having been a receiver, Skip, the thing that I'd be very fortunate, playing with Ed, playing with Rod, having a great quarterback in John Elway, it wasn't no forcing. I mean, there, there are times that early in my career, John had the most confidence in me, but it was first come, first serve. If I beat Ed and Rod open, I expected the ball. If they beat me open, they expected the ball. It wasn't no forcing. Hell, I'm out here busting my button. I'm beating and, and, and practicing just like they are. And you going to force it? And then I go back and I look at the film and I'm wide open? Mm. Oh, yeah, but there's going to be a problem. Mm. As simple as that, it's going to be a problem. Do the Cowboys have an Ed McCaffrey as we speak? Do they have a – it's Rod Smith. Rod Smith, right? okay. yeah. Do they have a Rod Smith right now? I don't know what y'all – hello. Y'all ain't got no Shannon Sharp either. Why are you over there bumping them? CDA. We, we got Dalton Schultz. Man, you better <laughs> – we franchise tagged him. We put the tag on him. Man, there you go. He is the man. <laughs> See, you He's like not him. bad. He ain't no shame. <laughs> For a while, so, I was calling Jarwin Blake, I mean, uh, Shannon Jarwin. Yeah, see? Now he's not even there anymore. So, in other words, you want him to force feed CD. Okay. For once, for the first time in a while, I believe there was some wisdom in what Jerry said about 
intimating, encouraging <laughs> yeah. Dak to force the football to CD a la Tony Romo throwing jump balls to Des Bryant right. back in the day. Right. Didn't get him anywhere, but there are a lot of highlight plays made. There are a lot of interceptions thrown because of those forces. Right. But in this case, it's starting to feel like CD or bust. I believe in CD way more than you believe in yes. CD. I believe that you need to force feed him the football because he he merits it. He deserves it and he will thrive on it. And I believe that oftentimes he is uncoverable if you force it to him because he's got big, strong hands. He can jump. He, he is sensational run after catch. And the only problem he's had is he starts running before catch. Yeah. Okay, that's a problem. But but if if you feel like you're the man, I, I think that your concentration level goes up and your trust level starts to go up with your quarterback because I believe they got rid of Amari and they gave him away for a for fifth, fifth round pick to the Cleveland Clown, I mean Browns. <laughs> fifth round Clown. pick. And they believed internally it was addition by subtraction. They believe CD can be much better than Amari ever was, as great as Amari was for a while for Dak, for Dak. They believe CD is more gifted as a receiver than Amari ever was, that CD's motor can run hotter, that he can be more of a lightning rod and a catalyst and, and can inspire the team better than Amari. Amari was so so internal. He, he was so low-key. He was the opposite of leadership. And I don't think Amari's catches, as pretty as they were, inspired the team. The, the team didn't feed off Amari Cooper. I, I, I tell you what else he can do better than Amari, too. Drop the ball. Okay. You want to talk about all them drops he I had? I just did. I just okay. brought it up. But the point is, they know that Dak favored Amari because Amari ran precise routes. He was open, Skip. Okay. Sometimes he was, but the other guy's more lethal. The other guy can do more with the ball than Amari can do. But what if he's covered? Well, just throw it up and let him go get it. Well, you about to find out, because guess what? Amari was getting all the the, the number ones. Now, see, he's about to get the number one. He's about to get the Jay Rams. I'm ready. Okay. I say bring it on. When they got him in that chokehold out there. you, You have to force your quarterback into a position that he has to look more for 88 than he used to. Is that what to. you want to do? That's you're, what I you're, want to do. You remember when Tony Romo was forced to the ball to death and getting picked out the picks? More he, interceptions, okay. but more touchdowns. Okay, more spectacular okay. plays. I believe that this could increase Dak's uh, interceptions, but dramatically increase touchdown passes to C.D. Lamb. Okay. Who led the team in touchdowns last year? Amari did, and that was the only receiver stat he led in targets and catches and yards and blah, blah, blah. So you mean to tell it me? It was all C.D. Lamb. So C.D. So CD had more catches, mm-hmm. more targets, more yards, but fewer touchdowns. Yeah. Hmm. Well, because C.D. is just better than Amari Cooper. He he has more high Which got to put the ball in the end zone? You just, that's how you score. You don't score with yards and catches. Okay. You score with touchdowns. And one guy put more points on the board than the other guy. That's all I know. Okay. All I know is it's time for C.D. to break out, to bust out. You think he's going to be bust, period. But I think it's time for him to bust out. I'm not saying he's going to have a bust in Canton, but I think he has potential to be a top five receiver. Well, well, well good luck. So, 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 what are the, so what is Devontae and Chase and Jefferson, what are they going to be doing in the meantime while he's moving you, the break? You, you can say all that. This kid's special now. 
I, I know because I saw it at Oklahoma. When Jalen Hurts had only one guy to throw to, he forced it to him every freaking time. And this guy annihilated. You said it's the Big 12 defense. It really is Big 12. And you could have got 500 yards against those no, defenses. Okay, 100. No. Maybe 600. <laughs> the point is that it's time for him to shine. It is. Gary's trying to encourage the quarterback no. kind of between the lines. Mm-mm. You got to look for 88 the way Troy looked for 88 because Troy, listen, when push came to shove, they were not a throwing football team. But the reason I love Michael Irvin so much or loved him as a player so much, and he was the leader of those teams, was he was known as the playmaker. Yes. yes. His nickname applied because. When push came to shove at Washington, at Giants, at Philadelphia, and it was freezing cold, Troy looked for 88. It was 8 to 88 on third and seven. Yes. And, and, and yes. Michael would push off. And, yes. You know, and he would, he would, <laughs> when push just, came to shove, Mike would do a lot of pushing and shoving. He would, but, but he would just bully quarterbacks. <laughs> would. And Troy would just throw it out there, right. and, and Michael would go snatch it out of the air. But Skip, Skip, he still had Alvin Harper. You know, and Alvin played, parlayed that, that number two receiver to a big play there in Tampa. It, it, was, it was terrible. He found out that being a number two, with a number one is a lot better than being a number one and you getting everybody's best. You had Novacek also that was working in the middle of the field. Very good. He was very good. Yeah. So, Skip, look, I'm not saying, look, I, but I just believe that Amari's got to earn that right. Skip, you just coming into the season, you and Jerry, hey, we're going to force feed. We're going to force feed. Nah, let them other guys the show CD, you. The CD, you mean. The CD. Yeah. Let me, let, let the <laughs> other guys show you that they can't before you just automatically assume don't, don't force Dak into bad habits. The thing that Dak was, do, was able to do, because remember, Skip, they wanted Dak to do the same thing to Dez. Just throw it up. And Dak, would, Dak hadn't developed those bad habits. So Dak did it like, nah, y'all not finna force that, me that to throw the, Y'all not finna force me to throw it in double and triple coverage when I got a guy one-on-one and he's open. So if CD's open, Skip, give him the ball. There are going to be situations now. I get it. I'm not saying that you're not going to have to force it occasionally. But Jerry's talking about, like, hey, even if he's not open, he might be. He has a better chance than to somebody that is open. Okay. Nah, hell no. Now let's look at the big picture reality. What did Jerry also say yesterday? I have, and I'm quoting Jerry, no urgency when it comes to going out and signing Odell or who else did we say yesterday? Cole you know, Beasley, Allen Hearns. You know yeah. they got uh, Emmanuel Sanders is on Emmanuel the market. Emmanuel Sanders is out there. Uh, Will Fuller, Fuller is out there. Yeah. He has no urgency to go sign another veteran-proven receiver. But damn, but Jerry keep talking. One, one minute, there's a heightened sense of urgency. No, there's none. I've, I've told you a thousand times, Jerry has no urgency. He has three Lombardi trophies sitting in his office. If they happen to win another one, that would be great. But he, he demonstrates no urgency. Jimmy got those. Because they are the most valuable team by far in all of sports. Jimmy. Okay. Well, I think Jerry contributed to those. Very little. And, and don't nobody get, when they talk about them championships, everybody mentioned mention, uh, uh, Jimmy. Okay, and that's why Jerry won't Jerry put him in the ring right now. He got Charles Haley. He, he went and got Charles Haley. He but, went and J- Jimmy didn't love the idea of no. it because he'd heard all the stories about yeah. how hard <laughs> Charles Haley was to coach in San Francisco. And somehow Jerry can sell ice to Eskimos. He went yeah. and talked Carmen Policy <laughs> out of a Charles Haley that that they had decided was more in the same conference. He was, in San, he was in San Francisco. Yeah, and, and, and it became a Dion impact where he goes from San Francisco to Dallas, and Dallas goes to San Francisco and beats San Francisco in the championship game, mm-hmm. thanks in part to Alvin Harper getting open on a deep ball that yeah. broke the game over. Right. Okay, I, I got it. But now I'm looking down the line, and so Jerry has no urgency, 
And I'm stuck with, obviously, no Michael Gallup for a while, right. and, and now James Washington for a while. I don't know how long he's going to be gone with his fractured foot. So it's the rookie Jalen Tolbert and then Sime Fihoko from a couple of years back, and there's Dennis Houston and, and Ty Freifogel and TJ Vasher and that kid they signed, the USFL MVP, Gavante Turpin. And I'm saying, I don't know. Nope. It looks like CD or bust right now which is why Jerry's saying we have no urgency. So guess what, Dak? You better have high urgency to throw the ball to 88. Well, that, Jerry, Jerry said, Dak, we paid you $40 million, You figured out. Yeah. But the running game, I mean, I guess he's thinking about Pollard and Zeke because he's saying hey, we, Zeke got to be the central figure in the running game. I think they're going to have a two-headed monster. And, hey, let's see if we can run, make them drop, make them drop an extra guy down in the box, and we get some one-on-one coverage. Well, all I know is somehow – Fraudulently, they led the league in points and yards last year, but I don't see Bled that. When you play the NFC East. Okay. They piled them up, and then they yes. piled them up late because they went to Philadelphia, and Dak set the franchise record for touchdown passes against the backups. Yes. Against the he scored 50-some points on them, but he did score 50 when they had the regulars in there. Mm -hmm. And the Giants weren't very good. And Washington, the well, they were the football team there, yep. but the commanders, yep. they weren't very good. And it just goes to show you when you needed some of those points, when you needed 25 points, you couldn't give me that. Nope, and they couldn't, and I agree. So it, it camouflaged all the flaws, but the flaws are going to come right to the sure. surface right here, right now, because this team, obviously, thanks to Jerry's no urgency in the offseason, did they improve? No, they deproved, right? Because, like you said, you try to do magic. You try to move the right hand and the left hand over here. You're still a flawed team. You haven't gotten any better from the flaws that, that reared his ugly head in the playoff game. There's a superstar on this team who was kept under Michael wraps. Michael Parsons. No. Well, I mean, I certainly agree <laughs> with that, but I'm talking about on offense, but he was kept under wraps. He was camouflaged by Amari Cooper's connection with Dak. That is no more. So it's time for Dak to reestablish a better connection with CD. Look at Jefferson. Jamar, uh, 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 Jeff, Justin Jefferson yep. went to Minnesota. Adam Thielen had gone to Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl. Cream gonna rise. Maybe it just helped that he had Adam Thielen. Well, it should have helped that he had Amari. No. I'm glad you brought that up. No. There, there's some weird connection between and, Dak and Amari. Well, there shouldn't be a better. You better hope it's a better connection between CD and, and well, Dak. That's what Jerry's trying to encourage. No, you yep. encourage interception. What do you yep. encourage? Encourage, yes, indeed, sir. Because to put this in context, right now CD is the only healthy receiver on the Cowboys roster who's ever caught a pass in an NFL game. <laughs> so mm. a lot of unproven talent, mm. an opportunity. Mm -mm -mm but a little bit scary one for Cowboys fans. All right, guys, coming up next, I need you to answer the question. Will our birthday boy Tom Brady win his eighth Super Bowl at age 45? That's next on Undisputed. No mercy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today marks a milestone for one Tom Brady. He is turning 45. Happy birthday, Tom. Of course, the GOAT QB showing no signs of age last season. 
He threw 43 touchdowns and a career-high 5,316 passing yards. Now, TB12 returns for his 23rd season in the NFL, looking for his eighth Super Bowl title. Shannon, prediction time. How much longer do you see Tom Brady play? Blanda played till he was 48, but he was primarily a kicker those last, what, three, four years, Skip? An old school, straight on Joe first. <laughs> he yep. was. Uh, Vinatieri, Adam Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. How long? He was like 46 when he retired. Man, I go back and forth because I think Tom wanted like a, a really, really nice, nice round number, like 25. But if he played 25, that means three more years, right? I had two more years, but Skip, I'm really thinking he wants to get to 25 seasons. So that means he have to play this next year and the following year. I can see him. I can see him play until he's forty. So he's forty. Dang. So that means he'd be forty-seven. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say two. I, I'm gonna stick with two. I'm, even though I feel in my heart it's gonna be three years. He'll play. He'll play twenty-five. Actually, twenty-five. Uh, this is twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. So yeah, he'll play until uh, he's twenty twenty-five seasons. I think the thing is, as far as we know, he's healthy. Uh, and now at this juncture of his career, if he can just avoid the big hit, if he can just de- avoid the freak skip where he doesn't see the blind side, somebody whiffs and he gets hit in the back or, you know, he fumbles the ball. But Tom does a great job of fumbling the ball like, nah, I'm not going to give you a shoulder to not dislocate my shoulder. As long as he doesn't have an injury that sets him out for an extended period of time. I really believe that with the way the rules are set up and the way he plays the game, yep. getting the ball out ultra quick, which limits the defense opportunity to put a hit on him, I really believe he can play 46, which would be next year. It'll be 24. Yeah, he'll play four. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to play two. He'll play two more seasons. So, yeah, yeah. 46. Two more. Yeah. But you were thinking about three. I was thinking about three. I was, think, I was thinking about three more. But this is, but this is his 23rd season, correct? I believe that's correct. Okay. He missed the one. Are you counting the 08? Yeah. As a because they, they, he got credit for it because he started. He did. And 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 and, and who knows, Skip? Maybe maybe that helped. Maybe he only got the one hit, and maybe that took two years of, of, of wear and tear off his body of going through a season because the rules were they were starting to change, but they hadn't fully all the way got over where they were protecting the quarterback. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he plays at bare minimum. Tom Brady's gonna play. At age 46, I'm going to say he plays to 47. He'll retire at 47. Two more years. Yes. Okay. The, the reason I find this, this topic so appropriate today is it is his birthday. Is. And by the way, happy birthday, Ernstine. I can't say that enough. I can't believe you're saying that a guy's playing in the NFL at 45 in today's I, game. I, I agree. <laughs> and I appreciate you acknowledging that because it's him possible what, what he's doing <laughs> it's not really unprecedented it's just flat out impossible yeah. nobody saw this coming because you and a billion others thought yeah. after his final year in new england that's enough you, right. you need to take it on home old man you right. know that's that's enough because that was 20 that was 20 there right yeah, 20 yeah that, was 20, that was 20 seasons in one place yeah yeah and here we are and he's turned 45 today And he's coming off the season last year in which at least pro football focus graded him the best quarterback in pro football at age 44. And it looks like his team's pretty good. He lost his center. You think he could find another one? Yes. Hainsey. Maybe Hainsey can figure it out. They got time to figure it out. But 
they are, as we speak, the betting favorite to win the NFC. Yes. So that would mean that Thomas Edward Patrick Brady at 45 would play in yet another his 11th Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. would be 11. Th- 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 this is impossibly great, and it's time to just stop for a second and reflect on the fact that we all get numb to the fact that he's doing this at this level this late in his life. Yeah. And once upon his time, his father faithfully said, this, this is probably 10 years ago. His father said, they're going to have to put a straight jacket on him and pull him off the field mm-hmm. to make him stop playing football. Right. right. Well, I won't go that far because if Tom starts to decline, I think he would be the first to say, I, I just can't do it anymore. Right. And I'm out because he knows he is doing it at an extremely high level. I look at the camp video. He looks like he's in good shape. To your point. He got through pretty unscathed last year, right. and I think he's relatively as, as healthy as you can be having played that many years of pro football. <laughs> exactly. But just to frame this, you made it to age 35. Yeah. And, and you said <laughs> enough is enough. And you got beat up a little bit, and you've had to have your hips replaced. Yeah. And, and it happens because there's one p- position in football that really isn't a football position, and it's quarterback. <laughs> yeah. It's just the weirdest part of the game. It's, to me, by far the most important position, but it is governed, regulated, policed as if it's a whole nother world it of is. a position Yes, where it is, oh, it is overprotected because that's the star. Even before, Skip, they, they put the special jersey on in the game. Yeah. The quarterback always had this first jersey on in practice. He had a green jersey on. He had a red jersey on, which means he was off limits. <laughs> can't touch him. Can't touch him. I mean, not it's not can't hit him, can't touch oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You If you got close and the quarterback actually, because, you know, Skip, we've seen a lot of times the guy throw and you mess around, he hit your, he hit your helmet with his hand or yeah. he's going back and he hits your helmet. Man, coach, like, can you play quarterback? No, well, stay the, you know what away from that one. Yeah, why did Josh Allen get into a fracas the other day at, at the end of a camp practice? Because Somebody breathed on him, and and he had on a target. You know, he had on a a, A red jersey. jersey. Yeah. Okay. So I hark back to what the great Satchel Paige said once upon a time. You remember Satchel? He said, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? Right. Well, that's the essence of Brady because he's saying, hey, yeah, I'm 45. So what? Yeah. That, that's what you. That's the label you put on me. But but I feel like I'm 25 or right. whatever he feels like in his head that he is because mm-hmm. he feels like he can still play with these right. guys. I think that's another thing. What LeBron does, Skip. When LeBron they ask LeBron, LeBron's like I'm still in my prime. He refuses to acknowledge that he chronologically he's getting older. He keeps telling himself I'm in my prime. I'm in my prime. Well, your prime is what 26, 27 to 32, 33. He's back beyond that. But he's like, hey, and Thomas said, hey. I'm in my prime. Y'all see these numbers I'm putting up? Y'all see what I'm doing? Does it look like does it look like I'm slowing down? Does it look like I've lost something? And like you said, he plays a position and he played that position not reliant on athleticism. So as his athleticism has started to wane, that's not how he plays the game. He plays the game with his mind. He does. So as long as that's sharp and he can get a little protection, I'm not saying he needs to have Cleveland's offensive line or, or, the, or the Colts' offensive line, if yeah. he can just get a little protection, he's going to be able to They diagram the, 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 the offense to do what he does best. Yeah. He's like, okay, quick reads. I'm going to get the ball out of my hands. I'm going to give you a less of an opportunity to put your hat on me. Okay, and he did discover, and you can laugh this off if at your own peril, 
Alex Guerrero and pliability. Yeah. And I believe, because Brady believes in it with his heart and soul, that it's working for him because he believes that the secret to longevity is flexibility as opposed to weightlifting. Well, for him, that yeah. will work for him. I, I would advise any offense or defensive oh. lineman or, or, or position player, don't you go out there and talk about some pliability, you will get your butt broke up. Okay. Because you're not protected. Those collisions that you're involved in, that Tom might get to experience once or twice a game, you're getting in those collisions 15, okay. 20 times a game. I'm knocking on wood that I'm even bringing this up because <laughs> I don't even like to dare the devil on it, but... Brady's point is he's avoiding joint wreckage by flexibility, right. where, where you can take the blows better, oh, yeah. you can fold better, and yes. he folds. Yes. Like, uh, he, he'll fold before anybody. Right. If, if he didn't see it, he will yeah. live to fight another play. Yes. Right? It, he'll just he'll just go fetal position. But receivers, a lot of times, Skip, the receivers don't get that luxury because no. you catching the ball, Tom Thor, the next thing you know. You're getting whacked. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree, but... The man is a marvel. Oh, it's unbelievable. Of, of just enduring, just, just because. What do you always tell me? You just got tired of the uh, yeah, yeah. meetings. Yeah, that, that's that. Skip, I think for me, that's more impressive than that Tom actually playing. To have heard the same terminology for 20 years. His offense in New England didn't change. Coordinators changed, but they ran pretty much the same offense. And to hear that verbiage over and over and to go home and something that he never had in his contract, which was a study clause. But anyway, to go home and put another two, three, four hours at home after you just spent eight or nine hours at work watching tape and practicing. To do that for 20 years, nah, I was done. Okay, but, but he likes it. He does. He, he gets a kick out of no. it. Josh McDaniels used to say, he'll call me on, you know, from his car. I just saw this, this, this old tape of the Bengals, and we can do this on Sunday. He, he's into the, t- to the mental side of it right. because it, it's, it's almost like it's his hobby. Because he likes golf, but I, I can tell he doesn't love golf, and he's not great at golf. No, no, no. We, we just got to see that <laughs> yeah. up close and yeah. personal, right? He can hit a shot here or there, make a putt here or there, but but it's not like that's going to scratch the yeah, edge. Yeah, but you're not, and you're not around the guys. I mean, Tom Brady's been been in locker rooms, so he's played 23 seasons. He played another four seasons in college. Yeah. He played four years of high school. So think about that. Basically, down his whole life, he's been around a group of people, and now you take him away from that. It's different. I mean, hey, I'm not all these guys were not Tom Brady's friends, but to go into the locker room and laugh and joke, man, what you do, yada yada yada. I got and it. And now all of a sudden you go like, and and it feels like, and I could be wrong about this, but it feels like he's got his family life down to a science where he gives them X, and it's barely enough right. to sustain. Yeah. But every year he has to kind of go back in and say, can, can you please let let me go because yeah. I. I'm not going to be happy if I'm not doing it. As soon as the season's over, they're yeah. going somewhere for like three weeks. You're like, hey, we go to San Tropez, yeah. we go to Monaco, we yeah. go somewhere. Right. But there are sacrifices, and he's sacrificing. Yeah. He can't go to some of the kids' stuff. Oh, yeah. He oh, just yeah. can't go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's all the sacrifice. They're living with it. Because that's what Daddy loves. Going to be without a starting center for a while this season, guys. We'll see how he can get started this season. Without Ryan Jensen. Mm. All right, we need to talk a little MLB this morning. That trade deadline yesterday is Juan Soto's trade to the Padres, one of the greatest ever across all sports. That's coming up next right here on Undisputed. No mercy. After one of the greatest games in recent memory, the MLB returns to the place where dreams come true. 
Relive the magic when the Reds take on the Cubs for one game in heaven, one game at the Field of Dreams, August 11th on Fox. Just before yesterday's MLB trade deadline expired, the Padres won the Juan Soto sweepstakes. San Diego acquiring the 23-year-old all-star outfielder as they gear up for a potential playoff surge. That big move got us thinking about how does it stack up across all of sports? Shannon, you can go anywhere you want with this one. What's the biggest trade in sports history? Well, Skip, look, I, we, we all know about the Bay Ruth from Boston to uh, to the Yankees. Yeah, and they, built a, a, they bought him. Yeah. They sold him. They were really trading with yeah. him. But for me, and I went back and forth with this because I played with a guy that was in a blockbuster trade, John Elway, yes, in 83 from the uh, Baltimore Colts yep. um, when they were in Baltimore then to the Broncos. But, Skip, it's got to be the Herschel Walker because the Cowboys were awful. They hadn't made the playoffs since 1982. And, and Herschel was the only player that they had of, of importance. He was, you know, uh, um, arguably the best running back at the time in football. And Jimmy's like, I got the, one of the best backs in football, but we're not going anywhere. And he found a sucker. I mean, it, it's something about Minnesota. Is it something to water those 10,000 lakes that they keep getting suckered in these trade skills because the Timberwolves just got sucker for Rudy Gobert? And back then, I think Lynn was the general manager. If I'm not mistaken, Mike Lynn. Mike Lynn yeah. I think he was the general manager, Skip. He was. Jimmy traded Herschel Walker. They got five players and six draft picks. The draft picks turned out to be Emmitt Smith, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith, Darren Woodson. Emmitt Smith became the all-time lead rusher and one of the 100 greatest players in NFL history. Darren Woodson was a four-time Pro Bowl. He belongs in your Hall of Fame. Yes. Yes. And, excuse me, the all-time leading tackler, Russell Maryland was a Pro Bowler. Mm -hmm. And Herschel basically played two and a half years in Minnesota, had one more thousand-yard season, and then became a journeyman, bounced around Philly, the Giants. They ended up coming, coming back to Dallas. But... This was the trade that put the Cowboys back on the map and put them back as being America's team. Because, Skip, I'm not so sure from that lull when they, it seemed like it ended in, with the catch. It seemed like it ended there. I, I told you, <laughs> one dynasty was born and one was starting to crumble yes. with that catch. And then once that trade happened, yep. the Cowboys became a dynasty again, yep. and they haven't looked back. So for me, it, uh, I'm going to go Herschel Walker, although I do believe John Elway is a close second. Okay, I hear you about Herschel. I'll get to that in a moment because I was right in the middle of that. I was in Dallas in those days. But I got to hark back and go old school NBA here with two deals. The, the Kareem deal, where, where the Lakers get who became the all-time leading NBA scorer, whose record is about to be broken by your man, LeBron James. He was was the best player in the 70s, and they got him. They they got him for Junior Bridgman and Dave Myers and Elmore Smith and Brian Winters, and all those guys, they're all nice players, but but they ain't no Kareem. No. And and the the Lakers got Walt Wesley and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it's just highway robbery, man, because it's all-time, all-time. Then I'm going to go you one better because of the passing of now the late great Mr. Russell, Bill Russell. Okay. Remember, he was a trade. He, he got drafted by the then St. Louis Hawks, who mm-hmm. become the Atlanta Hawks, yeah. obviously. But how does history change if they hang on? Because they had him. They drafted him second overall. 
And a guy named Cy Green went to Rochester, number one. It was a bad idea. But <laughs> this, this is Bill Russell we're right. talking about, the all-time greatest winner in the history of sports. Right. And all of a sudden, because Ed McCauley was Boston center, and he was, he was pretty good. Right. He was a six-time All-Star and had made five All-Star teams for the Celtics. So he was pretty good, right. but he was no Bill Russell. Right. But he was from St. Louis and wanted to play in St. Louis. Right. So it was Ed McCauley, and they said, well, you got to throw in – Cliff Hagen, who had been doing a military stint, and Red Auerbach's like, I don't know, Cliff Hagen's really good. But he, he, he threw in Cliff Hagen, who then made six all-star teams in St. Louis right. and is in the Hall of right. Fame. Right. So you, you, the, the point is, I don't care who you threw in, it's Bill <laughs> Russell. Yeah. And Boston got him via trade. Right. Okay? So it's kind of the reverse of you know, Babe Ruth, right? right? It, Yes. You got Bill Russell for that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't care who it is. Ed McCauley and Cliff Hagen. Okay, so that's that's pretty great. That's I got to say, idea. that's way up there. Okay, now back to Herschel. So Mike Lynn calls our friend John Wooten, who's then sort of at the acting GM of the Cowboys, and says, hey, I, I really want Herschel. Well, what would you give us? And he starts rattling off like he's he's going to give you everything. Right. He's going to give you their the sun, the moon, their future. But but what, what was even crazier they got five players who were all decent players. Right. Jesse Solomon and Ike Holt and Darren Nelson and others. But you can keep any one of them that you want. If you want them, you can have them. Right. And so they got to try out the players or send them back. Right. But they came to play for Dallas. Remember, Dallas missed on a couple of those picks, but it didn't matter because they got so many draft picks yeah. that they used the first one to go from 21 in the first round up to 17 because Jimmy says Emmett Smith is falling. <laughs> well, Jimmy knew Emmett because he had had to coach against right. him when Emmett was the game, University of Florida, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And and he's saying he's just he's just too good. Right. What's it? Well, he ran four six at the, at the combine, right? Okay, or at his pro at his pro day. Yeah, because back then they juniors, have, yeah. yeah, the juniors that was right. really the first year the juniors started coming out was my year, 1990. Okay. Four six forty. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? With a football under his arm, he looked like he's about four. He still he still ran four six with a football. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they steal him, all time leading rusher, and and again, Russell Maryland was he was a good player. Right. He did make a Pro Bowl, and right. I got you. But they took him number one overall right. because he agreed to take the, like seventh or eighth money. Right. If you'll take me and give me the distinction of being the number one overall pick. Okay? Yeah. Kevin Smith became a, like a starter at corner. Mm-hmm. He, he was very good right. for, for eight years. Okay, that works. And you mentioned Darren Woodson. And they also got Clayton Holmes in the third round, who became like a nickel corner right. for them for three years. He was pretty good. Right. Well, you, you're just this is all for a Herschel Walker who had already been used up yeah. by the Dallas Cowboys. Well, they, well, they used him up in the USFL also. And because they, they remember the generals, they ran him into the ground. He well, had like 2,300 yards well, rushing and, one year. So did Paul Hackett as the coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys because right. the, the first two years, the, the, the touches are extraordinary. Yeah. And then the third year, which is the year before this year yeah. that we're in, in question, he ran at 361 and he caught it 53 times. And in touches, he was only 10 short of the leading in t- touchers. Uh, guess who? Our man Eric Dickerson. Dickerson. So my point was, he was battered. He was on his last legs. He was on his last legs. And and Jimmy's like, yeah. And some of the players that they got skipping, uh, Ike Holt, I remember Ike Holt. He was a, a cornerback out of Alcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse Solomon, I think, from Florida State. Mm-hmm. Darren Nelson, was. a returner out of Stanford. He was. He was. Uh, but Ike Holt, was, he, was a very, he was a very good physical corner. Um, I think Jack Del Rio, didn't they ship Jack? They shipped Jack they to, Min- to Minnesota. In that situation, that with Jack, like they'll never win, they'll never win another game or a playoff game, and they went to th- okay. Three Super so, Bowls. so at the press conference, Jimmy called it the great train robbery. It was, <laughs> yeah, 
Bigger, okay. A bigger ripoff than the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> Great train robbery. And it was a high skill. I, I know, but, but trust me on this. Most of the Dallas media and the, the majority of the fans did not love this because Herschel was all they had. All they had, yeah. And I remember the lead to my column was good trade could be great if they could hit on the picks. Right. Well, I, I was willing to go to good because Herschel was godlike in Dallas. Yeah. But the irony was I had many battles with him, but I just had a very public battle on his local cable show on the Friday night before we had gone at it over a bunch of stuff about Herschel questioning some some of his uh, his workouts. Yeah. You know, like he was doing a thousand Thousand, push-ups and a thousand sit-ups a day, and his teammates were telling me, baloney. Baloney, yeah. Baloney. Well, there's a story about a guy hit one of his teammates at the Giants uh, locker room in the Giants. He was in training camp and said uh, Herschel was in the bed, and the guy just kept looking at him. And uh, say after like 30 minutes, Herschel asked, like, man, why do you keep staring at me? He said, I'm waiting to see you do them thousand push-ups. <laughs> wow. I, I heard him that, you know, you do a thousand push-ups, thousand sit-ups. Nobody can confirm that they okay. actually saw him do that. Well, Herschel can't exaggerate, as we've seen we, we, of late. Yeah. Okay. Woo, okay. <laughs> okay. But at that point, it was stunning that the Dallas Cowboys would give up their only gate attraction yes. because they were horrible. They were horrible. They were bad. But they did have Troy Aikman. And they had Steve Wallace, but they had Troy Aikman, and they had Michael Michael rehabbing his knee, right? Blowing it completely out. He just came in '88. So, and all of a sudden, you draft Emmitt Smith. Well, when you won, once you got Emmitt, you had won. No matter what else happens after that, Darren Woodson became a four-time All-Pro. If if you just traded straight up (laughs) Herschel Walker for Emmitt Smith, it would be thank you very much. Yes, because Emmitt was what an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, uh, all-time leading rusher. But Skip, you parlayed that, and you look what they became. In six years after that trade, they had won three Super Bowls. So, and, and obviously, I believe they should have won five in a row. Uh, had, had, there's no question. It would have been very difficult for someone to beat them if they'd have had Jimmy. Yeah. Because Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy kept their feet to the fry. Jimmy trimmed the fat. You were not going to get lazy. You were not going to get fat. You were not going to uh, rejoice on Jimmy's watch. Mm-mm. That no. wasn't going to happen. And you got to skip. Think about it. When, when Emmett... Emmett's a year younger than I am, but we came out in the same draft. You got to think about it. When they won that last Super Bowl, Emmett was 26. Troy was like 27, 27. Mike was like 28. True. They had won three Super Bowls, and all of their cute guys are under the age of 30. Agreed. I was in the middle of it. I wrote books about it. It was a stunner, but they definitely would have won in 94. Four. Yeah. And I think they would have won in 96, but thanks to the great train, Robert. No, thanks to it. I bet Jerry, I bet Jerry had to do it over again. I bet he left Jimmy alone. Like, just, could Skip, you look, you don't think there's been some time, trying times between Coach Belichick and Mr. Kraft? But he wasn't willing to blow it up. It took him 20 years for him to say, you know what, Bill, I'm going to let you do what you want to do with Tom and move on. But Skip, he got six of them. He got six and nine trips. It's easy to say that now, but Jimmy was pretty hard on Jerry. You, in those days. I, I think you, I, you don't and think Mr. probably deservedly so. But, you don't but, think Coach Belichick is hard to deal I with? Know. <laughs> I know. I, I got it. But you're right. In the big picture, 
if Jerry had just swallowed some of his pride. But he wanted he, 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 to a lot of times the guys don't even, I mean, the owners normally don't want to be the face of the franchise. Well, Jimmy, well, Jerry always wanted to be the fair face of the franchise. Even when he had Troy Emmett, Michael, Jimmy, he wanted to be the face of it. Well, he was the acting general manager, <laughs> and he did pull off a couple of deals that were instrumental to this. So, Charles Haley. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Kraft said, you know, I'm just going to keep, you know, adding these, uh, these trophies to my locker. Yep. Now he got six, about to get with an MJ. He ain't going to get a dish with Russ. And Russ, we trust. Uh, yeah, you don't trust. Yo, uh, Guys, Russell Wilson. Shout out oh, to Jerry you know. Jones. Okay. He popped over and was the closing speaker at our recent NFL on Fox Ooh. seminar. Greatly enjoyed his walk down memory lane, uh-huh. as I just did yours. All right. <laughs> We're going to dive more into the Cowboys in just a moment. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, should Skip's Cowboys already be considering giving Dak another extension? Oh, Stick around. What? You don't want to miss this one. No mercy. Let's mull over this one for a second. NFL reporter Todd Archer floating the idea of giving Dak Prescott an extension just a year after he already received one. Two main reasons. One, to help with cap management in 2023. And then secondly, to get ahead of a potentially high-rising cap down the road. Intriguing idea. A lot of layers here. Shannon, should the Cowboys try and extend Dax Prescott, D- Dak's contract now? Skip, if I'm reading, if I'm reading this correctly, he's saying after this season, extend Dak <clears throat> with two years left on his deal. And that's normally how guys get it done, especially uh, you see uh, what they did with Mahomes. They see with Josh Allen at the third year ending. They have another year plus the fifth option that's gotten picked up. You're going to see that with Justin Herbert. Uh, Joe Burrow will also be two guys that after this season will go get in line for a contract extension. I wouldn't do it just yet. I'll wait till after the third year. Going into his fourth year, Skip, the, the cap's going up. There's no question about that. But I'm just not extending that just for the sake of extending it. Skip, now I'm gonna, he ain't going to have to reward me. Damn, I just gave the man four years for 104, what, 40, 40, 40, 80, so that's 160 million. I gave the man four years, 160 million, 40, year, 40 million a year. Can I see something for my money? Damn, you keep telling you telling me to keep investing and keep investing, and you're going to give me a great return on my money. But damn, can I see some of this return? Yep. Can I get a championship game, Skip? Can I get a Super Bowl appearance? What I'm going to get? So, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it after this season. I'll do it after next season. If he gives me something, gives me a reason to. Yeah. The, the cap's going to be what it is. Yeah, it's going up. The, uh, first of all, the cap's going to go up in about another year because they're about to start that, the, the, that big mega deal, new TV deal. Apple just bought the rights. I think they're going to be no more direct TV, Skip. So Apple just bought that. So the, the, the numbers are going where they're going. But I'm not doing it just for the sake of doing it because to get ahead of No, 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 no. After next year, after the third year, give me something, Dak. Your boy got you. Okay. I get the premise of this, <laughs> but you then have to presume that he is your franchise quarterback and that he's going to be earning his $160 million that you already blessed him with. Right. And you, you say this is just the cost of doing business in the NFL, and the way business is done is you got to get ahead of the quarterback curve by extension, extension, extension. The quarterback you have you over the barrel, Skip. There's nothing you can do. If you got a good one, you got to pay him great money, even if he isn't great, because what? You're not willing to run the risk of trying to find another one. You're like, we got a pretty good one, but what's the likelihood of us being able to get one? It's not like basketball where you can trade great basketball players or you can trade great baseball players. Ain't nobody trading you great football. Not that guy. 
They might trade you a lot of other positions. We'll trade you an offensive lineman. We'll trade you a defensive lineman, a cornerback, a wide receiver. How many times have you seen one of those guys traded? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're in Dak's shoes and you think you're a great one, well, the first thing you said about the deal he's under right now is, well, he can be free again at, what is it, like 32 or whatever? No, nah, uh, Dak is what, 27, 28? Yeah, what, what is it? So he'll be, the math. Right, he'll be free at 30. 30, okay, 30. That, man, you could hit the market again. Yes. If you so desire. Yes. So from Dak's perspective, he'd say, hell no, I don't want to extend. I, I, I want to play this out and get right. closer to my freedom again. Right. Hit the market. Okay. My issue with this was when, when I read this last night, I nearly lost my dinner because <laughs> the, the, this is preposterous to me because I'm still trying to make peace with the fact of the 40 that, million he got now. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, just last year, he banked $75 million. Yeah. yeah. 75 yeah. because he got his guarantees, he got his bonus, he got what he made last year, $75 million. He he went straight to the bank, which means he took Jerry to the bank and then to the cleaners. Yep. So the point is, you you, you got to show me. You, I, I try to love number four, and, and I say sometimes he plays like he's the fourth overall pick, and too often he plays like what he was, a fourth-round draft right. choice. So I'm, I'm going to use this stat again because it, it, it applies here. 2019, first three games, he throws a party. Mm-hmm. He, he, it's a 4th of July fireworks display, three straight September days yeah. against teams that you dismissed as garbage teams mm-hmm. because it was the Giants and it was at Washington and it was the Dolphins who were pathetic at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's boom, boom, boom. And Dak leads the NFL in QBR after three games. And all of a sudden, he and Jerry go sideways in their negotiation because the new agent, Todd France, said, hey, no, we don't have a handshake deal because he's better than what's on the table right, right. now. So everybody said in the media, he's betting on himself. So he bets on himself down the stretch that year. And wait a second, they go from 3-0 and to finishing 5-8. and And he got ranked by Pro Football Focus over the last 13 games, the 15th best quarterback in the league, which is smack dab right in, you know, in the middle. In the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and do I have to recite the litany of disasters that year? Your all-time favorite game was at Jets, remember? But before that, it was at New Orleans when he had every chance to beat Teddy Bridgewater, and he just couldn't score, right? right? And, and then it, it, it starts to go, there was the Minnesota game when he played pretty well, but they lost in the end, and then it goes at New England, and then it, remember Buffalo on Thanksgiving, Dak was horrendous in that game. And then at Chicago, not very good, and then no good at Philadelphia with all the marbles and yep. chips pushed to the middle of the table. What, what a terrible way to finish the season when you're betting on yourself. Then the start of the next year, we know what a career-threatening injury. Right. And here we go again into last year. And they start off, they're rip roar, and they're six and one, and they finish six and five. And right. you know the games. It's another litany right. of, of bad Dak because it's Denver at home, you're trailing 30 to nothing going to the fourth quarter, and it's at Kansas City when you get the ball 12 times and score three field goals. Mm-hmm. And do I have to? Then it's Las Vegas at, at home on Thanksgiving. It was just a nightmare where you win the toss and lose the game in overtime. And then Kyler Murray, as he usually does, took you apart at home. And then San Francisco took you more apart at home in a playoff game. Skip, I okay? think it, it's not good enough. No, it, it, you, you didn't earn back your $75 million. Even that being said, Skip, the way the market is heading now, if you're a good quarterback, 
the floor is $200 million. Okay. Is he a good quarterback? I think he's a good quarterback. I think, I think he is a good quarterback, Skip. I don't think he's up. Now, I believe the Burroughs and the Herberts are going to approach $300 million. And so that's where you're headed. The great quarterbacks are going to be $300 million. The floor for a good quarterback is about to be $200 million. I saw Joe Burrow play in the Super Bowl. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. and, 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 and everybody is Google. Over. I mean, Justin Herbert has two seasons, his first two seasons, 30 touchdowns, both of them, 5,000 yards in the second season. So – that's that's that, that's where your head is killed. But I'm not I'm not about to do I'm not extending that. With two right. years left on his deal, and he's winning me division in a poor division, and I can't get to a championship game. Okay, so here's my key stat on Dakota Prescott. Rain Dakota Prescott. Wish it was spelled R-E-I-G-N. Okay. Since those first three games to open the 2019 season, his record as the starting quarterback of my Dallas Cowboys is 18 and 17. It's not good enough. No. And that's not all his fault, but but a lot of it is. Yeah. 18 and 17. Is he just average? Is that what he is? If you give him an extension, Skip, okay. Kyle had just signed an extension. At the time he signed the contract, he got $105 million. Now, Dak got $75 million. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you do another extension. So that's the floor is $105 million. So you have, would have given Dak Prescott $180 million just in signing bonuses in two years. And what will you have to show for it? Skip, the man had an MV, a league MVP, had a Super Bowl trophy. You know what? Hey, Dak, I mean, Jerry, you got to pay the man. Absolutely. Yeah, you were beating the table to pay the man anyway. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. But you weren't even paid because you wanted me to suffer. No, 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 Skip, but I knew where this thing was headed. You, Hey, okay, the pandemic, okay, you said, okay, the, the salary cap went down, but you're going to come up out of the pandemic. Yeah. And you, can you imagine, had they not given him this deal the year before, what it would have cost you? You could have earned about $75 million to sign one the first year. How about $105 million, $110 million? So he'd have got it. Deshaun. He'd have been looking, you'd been looking at $230 million. I think you'd have been a little bit more upset with $230 than you are at $160. Mm. And you're upset at $160. I can imagine the look on your face at $230. So, looking at that man right now, I, I, I kind of like that shot of him because the look on his face is like, I'm not sure about what's going on here. The pressure on him is mounting like Crazy. Yeah. I'm not sure I would want to be standing in those cleats right now. Well, Jerry said ain't no pressure. He don't feel the need to go do anything okay, right well, now. That's so no urgency time. for the franchise. Yeah. But the spotlight that's is your on franchise number four. quarterback. That's, that's your franchise enough. quarterback. Okay. And all of a sudden, did they get better? No, they got worse. And all of a sudden, the strength of the team, the receiving core, is now the weakness, weakness of the team. <laughs> well, what's he saying? And all of a sudden, you start to look back. Boy, when, when Zeke was running wild, he was pretty great, wasn't he? Uh, Zeke's yards per game have fallen each and every year. And is Zeke on the way out this year? Because we keep hearing he's still the focal point, says Jerry, of the offense. Everybody knows okay? no focal but, point. But it's almost like a contract year for Ezekiel Elliott to prove it or be gone because they're, they're just going to have to cut him. Well, if Zeke has a contract year, why am I going to give Dak an extension? Okay, but I'm, I'm just saying. He, he doesn't have Zeke riding shotgun the way he did in 2016 and set for, for a while. He's not supposed to. He was make, when, Zeke was, when Zeke was doing his thing, Dak was making a million dollars. Now it's supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, I ain't paying no quarterback, quarterback $40 million to turn around and hand the ball off 35 times. Deliver us. Okay, but more than ever, 
it's on his shoulder pads. Yeah, absolutely. Right? More yeah. than ever. Yes. Okay? This this is a crucial year for that guy because he's going to be viewed very differently when this season is over. He'll be viewed much better or much worse. Yeah. Because it, it's going to come out. It, 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 we're, we're going to decide, oh, at, off this year, he's this or he's that. Yeah, but that, that was your guy. Remember, since 2016. I loved it. Oh, okay, then. Well, love still love it. him. Till death do you part. That's mm-hmm. your guy. Death may do us part. <laughs> Speaking of till death do you part, Shannon, let's talk about one of your guys when we come back. Will LeBron play long enough to take the court next to his son? Oh, that's, that's coming up next, right after this commercial break. No mercy. Saturday, it's baseball night in America on Fox. Aaron Judge leads the juggernaut Yankees as they face off against Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals. Or you might see Joey Votto and the Reds in an NL Central showdown against Christian Yelich and the Brewers. Tune in for all the action. Saturday, 7 Eastern on Fox. Check your local listings for the game in your area. All right, LeBron James gearing up for year 20. Let's recap. He missed the playoffs last year. He's won four titles, and winning his fifth will be the focus this season. But long-term, it's all about the end game for the King. Thursday, tomorrow, LeBron eligible to sign a two-year, $98 million extension with the Lakers. What does he do? Whether the King decides to stay in L.A. or go elsewhere remains to be seen. However, the rumor is he wants to end his career playing next to one or, hey, maybe both of his sons. Shannon, will we see LeBron, your guy, play long enough to take the court with, let's just say, both of his sons? I'm going to say no. I think his whole ambition was to play with Bronny. Um, Yeah. Because here's the thing, Skip. They've only been, LeBron will be the ninth guy to make it at least 20 seasons. The most seasons the NBA players ever played was Vince Carter. The last five to six years, Vince was coming off the bench averaging five to six points. You nor I can see LeBron James coming off the bench averaging five to six points. Some guys are just, that's just beyond them. Um, And I believe LeBron James is one of those guys I don't believe LeBron also is a guy that's just going to hang on just for the sake of hanging on. If he cannot be LeBron James, if he cannot be the king, the kid from Akron, I don't see him hanging on. Now, he's going to play with Bronny. If there is any chance in hell Bronny is good enough to be a one and done and come to the NBA, LeBron James is going to play. Now, Bryce will be a sophomore this year. So that's year 20. Then he's got to be a junior. That's year 21 for LeBron. Then he's got to be a senior. That's year 22 for LeBron. Then he's got to go to one year of college. Unless and G- by then, <laughs> you can go straight. Okay. Exactly. So for me, Skip, I, I, I'm putting all – LeBron is putting all of his eggs yep. in Bronny's basket. Okay. So I'm going to say yes to Bronny. I'm going to say no to Bryce. Uh, although that would, be, that would be cool. But, Skip, that's a – to see LeBron just hang, I, I don't see him just hanging on. And I don't believe he can play at the, at year 20. Now, I don't want to be the one that got, I think there's a, like, I'm going to say a 10% chance. And that's a lot. I'm going to say there's a 10% chance that he hangs around long enough to play with Bryce. I'm going to say there's a 90% chance that he plays with Bronny. Okay. The reason I'm intrigued by this question is, all of a sudden, Bryce is catching my eye. All of a sudden, he's becoming a thing. Yeah, he's 6'3", 6'4". He's tall. I'm like, when and did this happen? For the longest, 
it felt like Bryce was going to be the non-athlete of the family, which happens, as you know, with your kids. You just can't predict. You can't predict because it. Because every once in a while, they just don't care or they, they just don't – they don't like it. What, what, for whatever reason, they don't want to do that. Big brother can do it. But all of a sudden, little bro is, is getting a hold of it because <laughs> little bro, when I watch the video – his athleticism looks a little more explosive to me than Bronny's does. Mm -hmm. Bronny really plays basketball at a high level. He's got dad in him. Mm -hmm. he, he's got the, the, the IQ, the, the vision, the feel for, for basketball. It's starting to look like little bro might be bigger, might be a little stronger. I definitely think he's going to be bigger. Okay. I, I think he's already passed him as I, far as I, height. I got it. And it might. it's looking like just on explosive LeBron-esque athletic ability that Lil Bro got it. Mm -hmm. To your point, it's, it's way out there because he's just <laughs> going into his sophomore year. But what have we been talking about? It is Tom Brady's 45th birthday. You cannot tell me that LeBron is not inspired by Brady from a distance yes. just watching what he's doing. And I'm not equating football quarterback to playing two-way right. NBA basketball because yeah. you got to play D or you're supposed to play some defense. Right. But – LeBron does have Brady's commitment oh, absolutely. to fitness. Yeah, yeah. And, and he does and he still understand. still loves the game. He, he does. He, he, there's no burnout on meetings or right, whatever, right. The film study or whatever. Right. He loves that. And, and he gets nutrition. He's got the chef. He, he's just like Brady. And his body is going to endure longer than most. Yes. It, it, uh, he's going to shatter the mold for how long you can right. go. Yes. And as long as his heart stays in it, as you suggest that it will, it, is, it, is, it, is it plausible, is it like distantly possible that he could get to a point where if they do away with the one and dones, that he could play with Bronny and Bryce? Right. It's, I would not put it past that guy. Right. And again, he's going to have to have a reduced role and he's not going to love it. And I don't know what you do with him on defense, although he can give you spurts. Right. And I believe in five years from today, he could give you still spurts right. on defense. I think, the, Skip, but most of the guys, if we go back and look at guys that have played the 20 seasons or more, most of them are big. You get your Robert Parrish, you get your Kevin Willis's, you get your and, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They, they don't really jump. Right, right, they just right. use their right. height and their length. I mean, the only yeah. little guys, I mean, Jamal Crawford played 20 years, Vince Carter played 20 seasons. And this will be LeBron. LeBron ain't really theoretically a, a little guy or, or considered a guard. But it's normally the big guys. If, you know, Kareem would get the ball. Imagine the, half the time Kareem making the half court. They already laid the ball in. He comes yeah, back, I, I come back down. Or Kevin Willis okay, guy. I, I got it. But how blessed has that guy been? Oh, yeah. To I'm, play, I'm, the, I'm skip, knocking, to get I'm, up I'm, and I'm, down. I'm knocking on wood, but, but no surgery. Yeah, I mean, to have to get up and down and to play at the level at which he played. Yeah. Skip, those guys weren't playing in year 17, year 18, year 19 at the level LeBron James is playing in year 17, 18, I, and 19. I, I got it. I enjoyed this dunk video, the little family dunk yeah, video, yeah. because LeBron still gets up. Oh, he still fine. got bounce. Absolutely. He's got, he still got bounce. bounce. Yeah. And he's got power bounce, mm -hmm. and usually your knees start to balk yeah. from, from all of the, the landing right. from, from a great distance. And, and he looks like he's lost a little off Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, he, he, I like that. Yeah, I you like know, he, he was watching my videos I've been posting. He's like, okay. well, you know, I better go in and get in the jail. Like, okay. oh. All right, way to go. So the point is, what goes up must come down. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you come down at 270, it's, it's a lot of weight hitting the yeah. floor on your joints. Mm -hmm. 
Well, his joints are – he's blessed, man. Yeah, they're, they're holding up. The way because he – Because like Russ, every time Russ – I'm talking about Westbrook. Every every time he goes out, they're putting ice packs on his knees, he, right? Keep, keep the knees warm. Okay. But, if, Skip, he does a great job of maintenance. I'm sure the way he eats, a lot of food that, that helps cuts down with inflammation. He probably have the boots, the pressurized boots. He's always have even at the Drew League, Skip, you saw him. He coming out, he got the ice on his back. Yeah, I mean, the maintenance that this guy is – he's always – Think even when he goes on vacation, I'm sure he's loading up all his equipment yeah. and have his guys over there. One, one thing I learned from Brady is no more tomatoes because they inflame your joints. I don't and know how you feel. I don't tomatoes. eat tomatoes anyway. Yeah. I don't eat number ketchup. You like ketchup, though, right? Well, that's got tomatoes. I, well, I, I don't believe it got no tomatoes. I do not in. like they, they, I, I, I like ketchup. ketchup, but I don't eat ketchup. I eat ketchup. I don't eat no tomatoes. I don't like hey, tomatoes. Well, you do eat I don't tomatoes. Like, I don't like squash. I don't like okra, okay. zucchini. Cucumbers, all that. LeBron has learned that things like tomatoes can inflame your, cause irritation, inflammation in your joints. Yeah. Okay. So he he's got all the little Brady. Well, I mean, I've done the blood work stuff for my and to find out what foods work best for me and the stuff that cause inflammation and the stuff that cause uh, the mucus, all that. I get all, yeah, I've done all that. Okay. But I'm well, at the age now, Skipper. You know, <laughs> for TV. <laughs> I can have a little mucus buildup. Okay. I'm not really trying to deny myself like I did when I played Skip. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Well. He appears to be denying yeah, himself oh yeah. enough. Yeah, he have a little Lobos here and yeah, there. You know, I, little, I don't right. love the cigars, but whatever you got to do. I mean, George, George smoked five of them. And it was a bad idea. And how the hell, did it hurt him? So in other it, words, you said he. It hurt him in Washington. It did. But just, so in other words, if he hadn't started smoking the cigar, he might have won 10 championships, huh? <laughs> well, unfortunately, he walked out the back door when they pushed his coach out the back door. Yeah. You don't think they could have won two or three more? Well, I would have. I would have loved to been them. I would have loved to have seen them get to get the opportunity. I don't know if they could have won because the team was aging, but at least one more. Hey, let them go down swinging. Yeah, let them go down swinging. One more. I agree, and I think everybody involved looks back. At but it looks better this way, Skip. It really looks better this way because, yeah, man, you know, because you know, sometimes it's like I believe they could have won. We'll never know. But just leave okay. that out there. Fair like, enough. you know what? Yeah, yep. I think they could have won. Yep. Just like, uh, what, the year that he stepped away. Man, Jordan would have won eight in a row. He would have. See? There you <laughs> we never, what about yeah. Hakeem? The yeah. dream wasn't having it. How does every LeBron conversation get to Jordan? Got a, you know, obsession. one and two goats. <laughs> All right. Brian I'm going to jump Jordan in two. here now and cut you guys <laughs> off. We'll never know, unfortunately, but it sure is fun to talk about. We're going to continue on with this NBA theme, gentlemen. we got to talk about KD Watch. It continues, and Shaq is now weighing in on his Stop trade it. request. <laughs> you are going to want to hear what he had to say. Coming up next on Undisputed. No mercy. Let's debate who are the real GOATs. Yesterday, players were voted as the greatest ever at their positions. Jim Brown listed as the GOAT running back, while it's Jerry Rice beating out Randy Moss as the GOAT wide receiver. And then, of course, you got quarterback, who would have guessed, Tom Brady named the GOAT of his position. All right, let's rule out signal callers. Shannon, weigh in here. Who's the greatest non-quarterback in NFL history? Skip, this is tough for me because I saw both of these guys. I know them both. And I go back and forth between Jerry Rice and Lawrence Taylor. Yep. But I gotta, I'm forced to pick. I'm going to take Jerry. Mm. Because Jerry, the level of greatness that he was able to sustain for 20 seasons, he's 5,000 yards, receiving yards, over the next closest, which is Larry Fitzgerald. He's 41 more touchdowns over the next closest, which is Randy Moss. He's 100 more catches over Larry Fitzgerald. 
13 Pro Bowls, 10 first-team All-Pros, two Offensive Players of the Year, three Super Bowl wins, uh, uh, Super Bowl MVP. At the age of 40, Jerry Rice had 1,200 yards and went to the Pro Bowl. At the age of 40. It's no question. I mean, I don't know whatever what a debate was as far as who was the GOAT receiver. That should have been open and shut like many, many years ago. There is no debate. It's just like who's the greatest outside linebacker or edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. It's LT and it's not even close. So I don't even what, what some things we shouldn't have to debate. But for me, Skip, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna take Jerry slightly over LT. But if someone said, man, hey, LT is, is the best. I won't, I won't even fight him. But I had to pick one. I couldn't say 1A and 1B. I took Jerry. Okay. I, I'm not going to fight you on either one of them <laughs> because I love both of them. But ESPN did call Jim Brown, did choose Jim Brown as the greatest running back ever, and I wholeheartedly agree with that choice. Okay. In part because I'm old enough, I actually got to see this man carry the ball in the era when everybody carried the ball. That's right. what they did. Jim Brown, to me, was the greatest non-quarterback because he dominated in ways, and, and I get Jerry's numbers, but listen, I, I watch games in which they could not get that man on the ground. He was just, he, he was bigger, stronger, faster than anybody. Right. And he played only nine years, and he led the league in rushing eight of those nine. He had uh, three MVPs. He led the league in touchdowns. They won the MVP as a rookie. Guys. Yeah, he did. And... They won the championship because of him. Yeah. He just dominated the league, and Cleveland beat Baltimore, and there's no Super Bowl yet, but he won the game. NFL championship game, and it was 27 to nothing. He went for 114 yards. He, he, he dominated in ways even Jerry and LT couldn't dominate because he was their whole offense. Yeah. He was the whole show. But I think the thing is, Skip, when you look at it, he was as big as a lot of the defense and offensive linemen. He was. If you look at Jerry, Jerry didn't have Tyreek Hill speed. No. Nope. He didn't have Calvin Johnson. I still Johnson. don't really get And I covered him, and I don't know how he did it. Because he didn't have Calvin he, Johnson's he, he, physical he, gifts. He never made a catch look spectacular because he made everything look like business <laughs> like was, as usual, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? He always was in the perfect place at the perfect time, yeah. making the easy Catch, he made, yeah, right? I mean, you don't see a whole lot of Jerry laying out. There's you don't no see a lot of uh, uh, over-the-shoulder one-hand catches like that. You're right. He was always he was very he was very technical. He could run the tree. He was tremendous run after catch. Everybody wanted it now. Everybody makes you. And I remember when Mike first got to Denver, coming from and he made everybody. We had to catch a pass, no matter how short the pass was, and finish forty yards. Okay. And I'm like, what the hell? That's what Jerry did. He did. And so now in the West Coast. I mean, he did get to play for Walsh with Joe and Steve. Steve, And then he went and got 1,200 yards with Rich Gannon. Like I said, as far as GOAT receivers, I mean, it's not even, it's not even, it's not even, it's not even close, Skip. Nobody, nobody's going to, no receiver has a resume as impressive as Jerry. statistically. No. I mean, that's, he he buried the field. Ten first team all pros. They look scared. I mean, today a whole lot of guys that say I've been a ten time. Yeah. And I covered the Raiders when he was there late. Yeah, he, he was still he was still putting up big numbers. Yeah, but LT, we don't do LT justice. You just got to go back and just watch his highlight clip to get a sense of just how great that man was. Yeah, way better than Aaron Donald. But that's oh, Aaron, he the go D tackle. Did you know that the go D tackle still playing? Jump in, guys. We got to leave this one here. I know you could talk about it all morning long, but we're out of time. And we still need to talk about the Lakers and whether they should have Russell Westbrook coming off the bench next season. 
That's next when we come back. No mercy. All right, let's just call this an up and down season with the purple and gold for Russell Westbrook. Now, the Athletic is suggesting the Lakers could be looking to use him off the bench and instead start a better three-point shooter. Shannon, can you see this happening? No. Didn't they try that last year, Skip? A bit. <laughs> Russ yep. balked at that. Russ doesn't see his value in coming off the bench. He only sees his value in being a starter. And so I don't believe his pride would let him come off the bench. So I don't see it happening, and no, it's not going to happen. Okay, and what if Darvin Ham, the new sheriff in town, just says, I I don't care what you say, you're going to come off the bench. What's he going to do, pout the rest of the game? Yep. Okay, well, then let him sit down there and pout. No, no. Huh? I told you what I'd do. I would just send him home. <laughs> I'd I pay him and send him home. They just don't need him. Addition by subtraction. Didn't Frank Bo- Frankie V tried that? Yeah. He How did it work? One time, and he pouted the next game. Yeah. Right? And so th- that's a situation. Okay, but I think Darvin Ham is much more intimidating than Frankie V was. Well, does he have the support of the front office? Does he have Does he have Genie? Does he have Rob? Does he have his support to do what's in the best interest of the team? In this case, I would say absolutely, because I think they're done with Russ, but stuck with Russ. That, I still don't believe it's going to happen. Hey, I believe what I see. Forty-seven million. You can tell him to do whatever he, he wants. No, nah, but he hasn't accepted any responsibility. He sees no fault in what he played. He well, think he played. Fact. He played great. Let him tell it. You're stuck. Great stuff. We, today, we all stuck guys. with it. Unfortunately, it's over. We're out of time. Happy birthday, Tom Brady. Happy birthday, Ernestine. Thanks, everybody, for being with <laughs> us. And stick around. The herd.